0: We're gonna start our Father's Day celebration off the right way. We're gonna give a blessing. If you are a father, grandfather, godfather, stepfather, please stand up. Fathers, grandfathers, godfathers, stepfathers, gentlemen, please bow your heads as we pray God's blessing on you. Lord, all-powerful God and Father, we ask your blessing upon all fathers and grandfathers, stepfathers and godfathers, living and deceased, those here present, and all those who are the Queen of the Miraculous Medal Church. As a loving Father, you gave us life. As a merciful Father, you gave us your Son that we might have the promise of eternal life. We praise you, Lord, for the many sacrifices that our fathers have made for us. The long hours they work, the good example they give, the guidance they provide. Until that day when we are all united together again in your kingdom, may fathers of families continue to be leaders in faith helping us to meet the many challenges we face in life. May your fullest blessing come upon every father and every family in the world. May everything we do this day and always be for your greater glory, honor, and praise. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Father's Day. Let's hear it for them. Now we need some inspiration for Father's Day. A teenage boy had just received his driving permit. He asked his dad if they could discuss his using the car. The father said to him, I'll make a deal with you, son. Get your grades up, study your Bible, get your hair cut, and we'll talk about it. A month later, the teen came back to his dad and again asked, can we discuss the use of the car? The father took him aside and said, son, I'm so proud of you. You brought your grades up. You've even studied your Bible. But you know what? You didn't get your hair cut. The young man said, you know what, dad? I have been studying the Bible. And let me tell you something from what I've learned. Samson had long hair. Moses had long hair. Noah had long hair. Even Jesus had long hair. The father said to his son, you're right. But you know what else? They walked everywhere they went. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's our lesson for today. In the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus chooses his apostles. We just heard it. We always assume that Peter was the first, but in Matthew's Gospel, Peter, our first pope, is not the first apostle chosen. Matthew, who wrote Matthew's Gospel, is the first that is chosen to be an apostle. We could turn back a page and find him in Matthew chapter 9, where Jesus sees Matthew, the tax collector, at his customs post and says to him, come follow me. Matthew was hated by everyone because all the people in his town owed him money. And they hated even more the idea that Jesus, who is God, would choose a sinner like that to preach his gospel. They were enraged. They couldn't believe it now Jesus chooses more but these men they didn't have much going for them they didn't have Matthew's wealth no one hated them but they certainly didn't expect much from them they were the fishermen of Galilee and not very good ones the important thing for us to realize is this Jesus wasn't looking for perfection if he was he wouldn't have found it what he was looking for was potential but essentially he doesn't need their help he's God He can do it all by himself Could do anything he wants and all things well. But he chose to have pity on the crowds who are pressing upon him for they were like sheep without a shepherd. He knew where he was going to Calvary, to the tomb, and home to heaven. And after he was gone, he wanted to make sure that there were shepherds who would continue to preach his word and feed his flock. And that's why he chose these men who have nothing going for them other than the fact that they are chosen called by name, and sent forth to do great things in Jesus' name for the glory of God. And what great things he chose for them. They were going to cast out demons. They were going to cure every kind of ailment. They were only, they were going to cleanse lepers. And the amazing thing for Matthew and for the others is when Jesus said, follow me, they didn't say, well, answer these questions first. They didn't say, what is the pension like? They didn't ask what the hours were going to be. They didn't ask for a job description. They did not wonder whether the journey was going to be hard or easy, whether they would be liked or hated. They just went. It was an act of blind faith and submission to the will of God. Jesus told them only this with regard to the cost of discipleship. Without cost, you have received. Without cost, you are to give. A reminder yet again, God owes us nothing but everything we have comes from him. He who owes us nothing has given us everything for our good and for our salvation. But later on in the 10th chapter of Matthew's gospel, something we will not hear today or even next Sunday, Jesus did go into greater detail about the job description and what he was asking of them. And it's this, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, after he chose the 12, he told them to travel light, no walking stick, no second tunic, only the clothes on your back and then he told them this verse 16 I'm sending you like sheep among wolves beware of people they are going to scourge you they are going to hand you over you'll be led before governors and kings for my sake as a witness before them and the pagans when they hand you over do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say you'll be given at that moment What you are to say, for it will not be you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Jesus continues, brother will hand over brother to death, and the father his child. Children will rise up against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name. But whoever endures to the end will be saved. That's all we needed to hear. You'll be hated by all? because of this job I've just given to you? What was their reaction? None of them handed in their resignation. None of them quit on the first day of the job. None of them said, ask somebody else. I can't do that. I'm incapable, unwilling, unworthy, too timid, too afraid. They went. And it happened just as Jesus said it would They cast out demons, they cured the sick, they cleansed lepers in his name for the glory of God, but they were hated by many, if not all. Ten of those twelve who were called wear the martyr's crown, just like 25 of the first 31 popes of the Holy Roman Catholic Church were murdered because they were called, they were chosen, and they were sent. Without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. These men were willing to risk it all, because they believed that the reward was greater. They were willing to carry a cross, though it was heavy, because they believed that one day they would exchange it for the crown of glory in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is still calling all of us to be disciples and to make disciples, and it's not getting any easier. We'll still be hated by all because of his name. the same reward given to the apostles and to those popes awaits us as well. But all too often, we find ourselves saying what the apostles didn't say. I can't do that. I'm unable. I'm unwilling. I'm unfit. Ask somebody else. Recently, we received the results of our Disciple Maker Index. If you're here at any point during the Lenten season, we were asking you to fill out an online survey. Disciple Maker Index, the DMI. Don't mix it up with the DSA. That's when I ask for your money. And the DMI, we ask for your opinion. And the results have come in. There are 1,010 responses from the people who attend Mass here at Queen's and they're very much in keeping with the statistics we're now seeing coming in from across the diocese. And they are sobering. They show us of those who come to Mass, less than two-thirds, are convinced and convicted that bread and wine become Jesus body and blood and Holy Communion so that's a real loss if we don't believe in the Eucharist it showed that one half only believe in the teaching authority of the church to have anything to say about what we do in our moral life and our personal life that means that only half of the people in this church believe that the Word of God has anything to say about the lives that we live what's worse is when it comes to being intentional missionary disciples. We suffer from having not enough shepherds to feed God's flock. There's more than 5,000 churches in America this morning that have no priest because we don't have enough vocations. But what we found in the DMI is that less than 1% of anyone who attends mass at a church in the Diocese of Lansing has ever suggested to a young person that they might have a vocation to the religious life. But the one that I found most interesting is whether or not someone is willing to share their faith with someone outside of their parish and outside of their family and only 22 percent said that they have ever done that that means that more than 75 percent admit they've never done that and i'm going to take the blame for that i have failed at my essential task to make you a disciple who's willing to live and love their faith if you're not willing to share it with someone else it's no secret my friends we're living in a world that is not centered on God. We're living in a world when increasingly number of people do not know him or his goodness or his mercy. And if they do not know him, they could care less about this or what's about to happen here. They don't live by his word. They don't follow his teaching unless or until someone like you is willing to witness to them and to share your faith with them. And yet we find ourselves not even willing to get into the boat, let alone to get out of the boat, not willing to go into the deep water for a great catch, we find ourselves stuck in the shallows where we find it harder and harder to be a disciple. And if we're not convinced and convicted about the truth of God's word in the church, we're never going to convince or convict anyone else. And things will just continue to go further and further from what God intended this world to be. A place to plant the seeds of his kingdom so all of us will be with him one day in paradise. And so, my friends, don't expect everyone to like you or thank you for the witness of your faith. Jesus promised they wouldn't. If they don't hate you because of it, maybe we're not doing it right. But we would rather be loved by God and hated by men than loved by people and not know God. And so it is time for us once again to accept the call of our discipleship, to live out the call of our baptism, to be disciples so we can make disciples, so we can get into the boat and then get out of the boat to share God's truth with the world that no longer knows him. Let us stand and profess our faith.